What's cracking, lovely people? It's the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. We are back, really, really excited to bring you this show. Now, my name's Matt, and if you're a new listener, I'm a nutritionist by trade. But as a bit of a hobby, I release this show, and I have nice conversations with people on a Monday around nutrition, lifestyle, resilience, People have started businesses. I'm actually 50 shows in. So if you're new to the show, get on over to season one and listen to all of those episodes. And season two is underway. We're quite a few episodes in. And I have a lovely nutritional therapist which go, who goes by the name of Kat and a fantastic personal trainer who goes by the name of Val. And they're from the Health Boost. Now, I went on to the Health Boost website and it is just, oh, it's like a treasure chest of recipes information on nutrition for immune system for female health for energy and it's it's really good to get these guys on the show we're going to come at things from a different tactic today and they're all about a kind of family friendly solution for healthy eating so ladies welcome to the show hi Matt. hi Matt. thanks for having you great you're really welcome so instead of you know talking over each other um, Kat, why don't you start and uh, tell us a bit about, you know, how you became a nutritional therapist and, and, and what you guys do locally and, and we can go from there. Yeah, um, I became a nutritional therapist, well, I, I qualified about two years ago now and I, I went into it, um, I've always been a foodie, absolutely love food, um, you know, I, I, I did a cooking course at Leeds um, School of Food and Wine and I, I thought, well, I want to go into food. But actually, I want to go into it through a healthy point of view. You know, I'd started, um, you know, eating much healthily with young children um, and wanting to, to give them the best. So I decided actually to study nutrition. Um, you know, juggling it with a family was hard work, but uh, really enjoyed it. And I now see, yeah, clients on a one-to-one basis. I've got a clinic um, in my local town, Seven Oaks. I do talks at schools, um, which I love because children are so receptive. Um, and I, I, every time I do a talk, their vegetable salad bar is, you know, demolished. They just are so receptive, mm. um, and they do, they do eat their vegetables. Um, I do talks with societies locally. Um, I write articles for magazines. Mm. Yeah, I just I love the varied, yeah, varied part of my uh, job. It's just brilliant. Great, and I think if you just let people know a little bit about your nutritional therapy training, because when I have conversations with clients or I'm talking corporately or things like that I think often people are confused around the differences between nutritional therapists dietitians sports nutritionists so let people know you know how you became a nutritional therapist and and you know the hard work that, that went into it and and all of the studying and all of the practical work in clinic yeah I mean it was we did what over I think it's 200 hours of you know clinic time mm. so we ended up yeah watching other people in clinic which I thought was really interesting mm. watching different styles as well as having our own clients we brought three clients to um, clinic and had people observing our style but um, I think I got the most out of watching other people and learn what to do and also what not to do and how not to um, approach a consultation mm. but it's, your learning never stops you know I, I do supervision um, you know now I do um you know, I'm, I'm constantly uh, accountable to myself, constantly doing um, continual learning and development. You never absolutely ever stop. Mm. You know, it's when you're passionate about something, you're, I mean, I'm always learning. There's always some webinar. Mm. Um, I've got, you know, on my agenda to watch and stuff, as you probably know as well. Cool. Yeah, definitely. And then Val, from the, from the movement, posture, strength and conditioning side of things, you know, let, let people know a bit about your background and, and, and who you work with and, and why you do what you do as well. 
Yes, so um, my initial background was uh, not very exciting. It was, I, I used to work in banking in the city. Um, but always, always, since very early on as a kid, I was always the first one out and trying to, whether it was playing football with the boys or just, just always out and active. That's always been my passion, team sports, individual sports. Um, and it was always a very important part of my life, even when things got busy with two very young kids, you know, a, a busy job, etc., etc. I always made a priority for exercise, always made some space and time for that. Mm. Uh, so forward a few years, um, I thought that I was going to retrain in something. Um, first moved out of London. Um, mm. you know, to the uh, open and green spaces of Kent. Mm. And started doing a lot of running and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But then when, when I met cats through school and at the gym, um, we we were at the gym but we were still talking food. Um, <laughs> because I am also a foodie. Cool. Uh, growing up in France, food is a massive part of, you know, everyday life. Um, and once Catherine had um, trained as a nutritional therapist, we really wanted to do something that incorporated both my passion for exercise and food and her qualification to help people. Um, so I started um, retraining, so qualified as a fitness instructor last year and now personal trainer. Mm. Uh, as the health boost, that makes a perfect combination. Mm. You just try and get people to enjoy both. You know, good food, done it the right way, and be active and exercise um, and one thing we're really passionate about is the personalization of both the food mm. and the exercise it, it's definitely not one size fits all whether it's exercise or you know what you eat uh, we're passionate about getting the whole family to eat together mm. uh, in meals but in terms of you know Catholic being people one-on-one or for me, seeing people, I like seeing small groups of women because I'm really passionate about, you know, getting women together as a social thing as well as doing some good for themselves. Mm. And, um, but, you know, there's not one um, one training session that I can apply to everyone. Mm. I really like chatting to them and figuring out, you know, as we say, where they are on their fitness journey. Why? Mm. Have they decided to, you know, see a personal trainer? Uh, is it motivation, lack of? Is it a particular aspect like, you know, trying to lose weight or toning up or preparing for a, a big event? You know, all sorts of things. Or um, just because, you know, they've decided that um, they really need to look after themselves to feel better long term. Mm. Uh, so. I mean, overall, it's really passion that drives both of us in doing what we do, sharing our experiences. We're very, we're very honest, and a lot of the things we deal with on a daily basis are things that we experience ourselves, mm. and I think makes people really relate to us. Yeah. Uh, in terms of age, we see we see both of us see a lot of women around our age, so we're talking forty plus, going you know, going upwards. Mm. With, you know, various challenges that um, come up yeah. um, and, and it, it's, it's just so enjoyable to 
share our passion and and help people through that mm, good so so what you're saying if there's you know a lot of females listening to this is that you know you have to individualize things around your your nutrition and your training obviously you advocate a balance but the important thing is the actual you know social interaction around movement you know it's really important to, to breed consistency like would you say that in your experience as, as you know people can find a new hottest workout or they can you know go and buy a load of gear at home but then you find if people are training together or if they're finding more of a community that that makes people a bit more consistent with their exercise and movement habits absolutely i think uh, accountability is one mm. uh, for example uh, cat and i train together and it's very much a timetabled time um and we're accountable for each other we you know she wouldn't there cancel on me training i wouldn't cancel on her and it's in the diary and mm. as much as possible we will work around it mm. and feel you know we feel good for it because we know it's there and everything else will get done but mm. we're prioritizing that and i think that's one of the things it's one of the reason why people actually go for personal training yes it's personal but it's also it's there it's booked it's not something that you can push and push and if you've got a nine o'clock appointment you're not going to go oh no i'm just going to do this one more thing Mm. or i'll go a bit later and then that doesn't happen Mm. and social interaction is definitely an important part of it Mm. but it's it's got to be something you enjoy doing if you enjoy doing it you're gonna you're gonna just carry on it's like same with food you know if you if I give someone a, you know a client um, something to eat that they hate, they're not going to carry it on. It's got to be. So I very much ask them, what foods do you like? What do you normally eat? What do you hate? And I'll work around that. I won't give them you know a ton of broccoli if they can't bear broccoli. Well, mm. we'll try something else. Yeah. Definitely. And then yeah. So if we go to the nutrition side of things, um, Kat, do you tend to work on? Um, food environment with people around choices first or will you will you pick a, a certain meal of the day and work on that or if someone is being quite active do you tend to be like right let's work out timings of food so that you know you're you have enough energy where where do you tend to start with things if females are listening to this it totally depends on the client it is so personalized yeah. i see some clients who will literally just take on board everything and and I've got one client in particular who's amazing whatever I throw at her she will do whether it's you know I mean she's totally radically changed her diet and she has embraced it I've got other clients who literally changing one thing a week is really hard work Mm. you know getting them to switch from an instant coffee to a green tea Mm. is the hardest thing ever they will make every excuse under the sun they'll do it eventually because we'll work you know i'll coach them and we'll help help them but mm. so it totally depends on on the person whether they're happy to embrace and change lots of things or just one thing and i but i very much work with each client you know what would you prefer do you want the whole book thrown at you or do you want to work you know with just one thing and i have a, a rule that you know i will never come out of a consultation with flooding people with knowledge you know three to five things to change in a month is, mm. is absolutely the most mm. usually three but some people <clears throat> even less than that mm. good and i think it's important in these in these kind of conversations to break down barriers around you know look it's going to have to be a body transformation over 12 weeks you're going to have to train four times a day sorry a week and um you know your food environment has to change radically and i think it's important to let people know that 
you know one or two changes here and there are very powerful and like you said the the how can be taught you know you 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 both have got a lot of experience expertise you're clearly very driven and passionate um and then you know people that are listening it's it's trying to it's trying to develop your why really and I find that on a daily basis too, you know, the how I will read something if I don't know about it. Like even today, talking about female health and hormones and menopause, the reason why I started this podcast was to learn more, to get individuals like yourselves on so I'm learning and then I can teach it. But then, yeah, your your why is the, you know, is the absolute master regulator. So um, it's interesting and I, I, don't, I don't know how you find it, Kat, but balancing um, certain clients, I'm almost more interested in the ones that are harder to crack because you're kind of, yeah, you, you get home and you're like, oh, really made progress there. Whereas others that, you know, they do everything and you're like, oh, I'm a great nutritionist. And it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. So it's a good ebb and flow there. No, I like the challenge. And we're all so different. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just love the challenge of it all in there. Mm. And I just like seeing lots of different people. In, in, yeah. But sure. the, yeah, female health is interesting because... My goodness, yeah, I hadn't, I didn't realise how long, you know, people talk about menopause and you just think, oh yeah, menopause, it's like a time in your life, it'll happen at 50 and blah, blah, but it actually happens, I mean, for some people, 40 onwards, and some people, some women will get absolutely loads of stuff, you know, problems and, you know, different um, symptoms, and it can last 10 to 15 years, and I think people don't realise that. Other women sail up to it. They get to fifty, stop their periods, and it's like, oh right, that was it, was it? You know, everyone is. We're all so different. Mm. Um, well, I think it's important to obviously have the conversations about, like you said, the what what's um, you know, what 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 women are feeling compared to you know what the popular consensus is. It's kind of like right, you know, night sweats and uh, hot flushes, grit through it, and 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 you'll be fine, love. You know, which is obviously the kind of like tough you know, uh, male perspective of it and like, get on with it. Whereas if, you know, if we, if we, I suppose, just dive into, you know, there, there can be changes in mood, you know, there can be changes in this palpitations at, at some levels. There's, there's, a, there's a lot more going on. And I think it's nice to let the listeners know about these things. And often people might be listening to this going through certain things too. So it's good to have you guys on talking about it. The mood swings. I mean, you say mood swings, like, oh, yeah, you're just going to be My goodness, it's not just a mood swing. You can go from happy, you know, one day to literally wanting to rip the insides out of people the mm. next day. You know, literally, the, the, the mood swings can be absolutely horrendous. Um, you're not just, you know, you can get irritable, you can get anxiety as well. I mean, in the mental health aspect of you know, perimenopause and menopause is absolutely huge and not talked about enough. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the amount of women that get divorced in their 50s, I'm sure, can be put down to menopause because, yeah, you just lose rationality, I think. Mm. Uh, you know, and it, it is it's your hormones fluctuating so much that, yeah, it's it's the mental health aspect. Yeah, it? and the, the mental health aspect is really interesting because, obviously, luckily, mental health is being discussed so much more nowadays um but the underlying causes of people's mental health issues is not always highlighted it's you know sometimes it's just under that big umbrella of mental health um but hopefully i mean menopause definitely is something that's being discussed a lot more Mm. Uh, i was i was looking at a few facts and um in the last three years the word menopause has been uh, the increase in the search of that word 
is 37% over the past three years. So I know Google is not everything, but obviously people are mm. trying to understand a bit more. And then, you know, rather than thinking, oh, why am I so miserable? I mean, I, I've had those, you know, one day I'm fine and the next day I'm just like, what, what's happening with me? Mm. And I realized that there's absolutely no, no rational behind it. I can't explain, I can't understand. And, 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 you know, it will pass and I do a few things, you know, that I know help, but mm. some people just don't, don't know what's going on and, you know, discussing it is important. And mm. I think as Catherine was, you know, discussing with, you know, divorce and everything, um, I mean, my husband knows I'm passionate about, you know, health and trying to figure out, not just putting a plaster on it, just trying to figure out how to make things better. Mm. So discuss this with him. He had no idea, you know, women struggle to understand what's going on. But can you imagine that, you know, the husband in the house, uh, throwing a couple of teenagers in there who also have, you know, hormonal issues of their own. And then you've got quite a, potentially quite an explosive, you know, very stressful environment in the home. You know, you might be eating really well and exercising. But it might not actually work because, mm. I mean, I've always been an exerciser, but I know that exercise is a, a bit of a general term, you know, uh, the increase in sort of yoga, Pilates, you know, karma type of exercises like, you know, body weight and movement that is much kinder on the body of someone who's struggling with hormonal issues mm. rather than going for a massive you know, hit session or spin session, mm. which actually is going to make your home, your, your cortisol skyrocket. And then because a whole, you know, other, you know, um, cycle of issues. So it's, it, it's that balance yeah, it's to try and find, you know, things that will help bring everything a bit, you know, a bit down, but still enjoying it. Mm. So again, one size doesn't fit all. And I know that I've definitely changed the way I train by really mixing up, um, that will make Catherine laugh, but um, I even tried meditation a couple of weeks ago, sure. which is absolutely not my personality, but ju just as a, an interest, learning, yeah. again, it's all about learning, yeah. and covering different things, and giving it a go, uh, reflexology is something I've tried as well, mm. uh, yeah, I think it's very important to keep calm, I, the more... The more stressed you are going into this change, actually the worse your problems are, i found from seeing clients. If they go into it as going, actually, I'm, I'm dreading this stage of my life, I'm not looking forward to it, they're the ones that have the problems. Those that actually try and embrace this change, brilliant, no more periods, don't have to worry about contraception, you know, all of that, and actually are quite excited about this next change of their lives. Mm. They are the ones that I feel that, that seem to go into it a lot calmer, and actually not have problems. I mean, you know, certain things can make these problems worse. Stress is a big one. If you're a very stressed person, I think you're more likely to have problems. A poor diet, you know, if you're over-reliant on, on processed food and not getting their vitamins, the minerals, the essential fatty acids into your diet, I think you're gonna have problems. If you're overweight, you're more likely to have problems. Um, and I think a lot of women you know, are scared about you know, that middle weight gain. Um, which does is, is common, but you're more likely to get that fat around the middle if you're stressed because that's your adrenals laying on 
the adipose tissue and the fat because they're stressed. So if your adrenals are not compromised during this time, they're not going to lay on that fat um, because they'll be able to cope a lot better. Mm. So I think, yeah, if we if we take like a slight step back for a roadmap of this kind of things, obviously having people like yourself to to talk about exercise, nutrition to support, you know, this stage in life and things that are changing. And I think if someone listens to this, you know, always from a, from a medical point of view, if, if if you need to test and not guess, that's important too. And, and you know, going to your GP in, in this uh, kind of, uh, let's call it, you know, lifestyle medicine umbrella of care, is is also something to do if you know you're not just not feeling yourself if there are things that aren't normal then obviously get that addressed and that is the separation between medicine nutrition exercise but then like you said if some of the symptoms or whatever you want to call it things aren't too aggressive we're in this good space now you know to have a conversation about right okay management or just how to thrive and be more resilient. So it'd be interesting to get some, 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 some movement information, like you said, there, changing intensity of exercise and then nutrition side of things around, um, yeah, just supporting, I suppose, just su- supporting someone around the total amount of food they're eating, the type of food they're eating when they're starting to feel changes, you know, mentally and, and see physical changes as well. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of the exercise, you know, you've, You'll, I'll, I'll, I'll hear, um, you know, people come to me and say, oh, I, I know I've got to start exercising, so I've decided to um, to take up running. So, you know, they'll go and buy themselves, you know, as you say, all the gear, mm. uh, they get some trainers, etc., and decide to, to go running. But, you know, running might not be what they need. Um, I mean, there are things that, you know, you need to um, look after, like obviously your bone. You know, your bone density is mm. from the age of 40 onwards starts, you know, taking a bit of a hit. So for bone density, you need some impact. But running might not be the, um, the best option because if you're not strong in your body, um, so my favorite thing being core strength, if, if the middle of your body, that whole midsection is not strong, actually, you're going to go for a jog. You're going to feel probably not great after let's say one or two K because your legs are doing all the work, but actually your legs need to be supported by a bit more strength in your, in your middle section and your upper body. So, Mm. you know, rewind a little bit and, you know, get a little bit of advice and, you know, strengthen a few bits before going running and then you'll feel so much better. Mm. Um, um, again, you know, impact is one thing but as we said you know balance it out with something a bit calmer uh strength training is something very important that you know both cat and i really enjoy um so if i, I dive in, sorry if i dive in there for a sec um in terms of strength training just just so that that we're clear it doesn't always necessarily have to be uh weight based does it like individuals can 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 do body weight training and and hold tension and and yeah like you said a lot of a lot of these kind of exercise sessions are, are quicker than people think and and you can do them at home or you can you, you can do them out in parks and things like that so you don't necessarily need a lot of gear to elicit tension to to support bone density around nutrition and things like that too absolutely and um as well as core being one of my favorite thing um I'm really passionate about, you know, women being able to work out at home if they can fit 20 minutes with two or three very simple exercises that require absolutely no equipment, 
just their body and a little bit of motivation. And that's what made me um, start our weekly, actually today, uh, Fitness Friday. So every Friday um, on our Instagram and Facebook, there's a little video uh, with explanation of why should, you should do that kind of exercise, mm. uh, little demonstration. And they're all things that you can do at home, do it with a friend, uh, do it in the park, um, do it in a hotel room. If you've got on holiday, just you know, take that with you. Um, yes, you can have a few, a few little things, a couple of very small dumbbells, but you could grab a couple of you know bottles of water mm. or whatever it might be you've got. Um, today's video is is using small mini bands, um, elastic bands, and I got five of those for nine pounds ninety nine on Amazon. Mm. Not, Good. It doesn't to take a long time and weight-bearing exercises quite often people think you've got to have those big bars on your shoulders or those big um dumbbells or kettlebells that you know some women are scared of you don't need to do that um i i actually taught my first class last night um uh in core and a little bit of um hit towards the end oh, well done in no equipment whatsoever yeah just weights very slow movement uh, people tend to rush sometimes in exercises, thinking it's it's a race. Mm. And I told them, I said, slow it right down. And suddenly it was 10 times harder. So, yeah, I mean, movements and sometimes, you know, a really fast-paced walk with a few heels like we've got around here mm. at Kent. I mean, Kat and I both have dogs, so we do that. Yeah. Fast walk up the hills with your dog will do you sometimes much more good than trying to actually jog and tell yourself, I've been for a run. Just go for a nice walk in the fresh air with your dog, which is very good for your mental health as well. Uh, give them a cuddle, throw them a stick. Um, your steps will go up mm. and it will probably be just as good or even better for your bones and for your health physically mm. and mentally. Mm. Yeah, and I think for the people listening, yeah, the, the key takeaway is, changing and in, changing intensities of training you know that lower and slower approach if your heart rate's at a you know moderate rate and you're not you know you're not sweating profusely some people do but say you're not um you can hold a conversation that's pretty what i'm trying to say you can hold a conversation you can move over time and often that might be a lot kinder on the system and a lot more achievable and and you can be consistent with that and then some of the higher intensity training or some of the some of the weight bearing training too can can support that and i think that's that's a really nice blend of 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 a way to kind of organize your exercising week and um, people can start to slot that in, especially as the weather gets better and, and things like that. So, no, I think that's, that's really positive and it's definitely breaking down the conversation to like, look, you know, um, the frequency and the, and the type of training, things like that. You have to figure out what you like first and then go from there and, and you know, don't don't be frightened to take exercise advice if you're in a gym or if you have access to personal trainers and, and, and you know, use that too. So, yeah, that's really key. From the nutrition side of things then, um, obviously it's a huge topic we're not going to be able to cover everything in in 10 minutes or so but I just think like you said if, if you've got women listening that 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 are your age that I know uh, have a lot of a lot of uh, friends back in Suffolk that listen to the show like what what would you say from a from a broad brushstroke point of view to to start to look at if someone's reading a bit more around menopause and googling it and things the key thing is not to a lot of people now go into a huge calorie deficit and if you include that with excessive exercise, you're 
on a recipe for hormone havoc. You know, you cannot go through extreme calorie de- deficit and excessive exercise. You're going to have trouble. Um, I think the low-fat craze, which hopefully we're coming out of now, was a massive problem for messing up your hormones. You know, we need fat and cholesterol to produce our sex hormones. So if you're not eating fat, you are going to have problems. And people are still scared of fat. Mm. Um, I mean fat, I don't mean your trans fats that you find in your cakes and biscuits. I want the healthy fats, you know, healthy, oily fish, uh, you know, your salmon, your anchovies, your sardines, mackerel, all really healthy fats, nuts, seeds, um, extra virgin olive oil, which I love, and I tell my clients, I want to see fat in every single meal, mm. for each, fat and protein in every meal, mm. but don't those carbs, people are now scared, they will go low fat, low carb, yeah. you know, low carb, we need carbohydrates, you know, but choose the right carbohydrates, mm. so choose, you know, the complex ones, the brown ones, the whole grains, mm. you know, wheat potatoes, your swede, you know, your root vegetables, uh, but don't be scared of the carbs. We need the carbs. Um, it's just it's choosing the right carbs rather than no carbs. Um, I always talk about people eating a rainbow. Mm. You know, I talk about it literally when I do talks with children. We've got to eat a rainbow. You know, you get not just the vitamins and the minerals from the different colours, but you get the phytonutrients. Um, and also, you know, eating eating vegetables for me is is up there fantastic source of dietary fiber mm. and a lot of women have we have we, as we get older it, things slow down slightly um on the digestive side and a really common complaint i see is um as people get a bit more bunged up constipation mm. um it's a big thing so if you're eating lots of vegetables you're getting lots of dietary fiber which help things moving mm. uh, women don't drink enough water um, I see that common, very common. They they have you know coffee um, and tea, and they think that's their their you know liquid intake. Actually, that shouldn't count as your liquid intake. You need water um, or even herbal teas in the winter um, if you don't like drinking a cold glass of water. Mm. Uh, I always try and get people to sort of start their day you know with a hot water with a maybe a squeeze of lemon, great for your liver. Just give it a little kickstart. Um, you know we need a little help. Um, you know, because we're getting all the hormones, but we need to actually get rid of them and excrete them. Um, so we need lots of sort of liver-friendly food. So as you become forty, your cruciferous vegetables become very important. Mm. And by cruciferous vegetables, I mean things like broccoli, um, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale, all those, all those good sort of sulphur um, foods. They are brilliant for yeah, for your liver health. And, I, and what's common actually is a lot of people. Although your estrogen is do- dropping, um, I find a lot of people actually get estrogen dominant because what happens is your progesterone is also dropping, but a much faster rate than your estrogen. So actually you become estrogen dominant, and this would be like heavy periods, much more painful periods, um, sore boobs, fibroids, all of that shows to me that you're actually probably estrogen dominant. Mm. Um, case, so therefore broccoli has to become your best friend. Um, you know, two to three portions of broccoli a day would be brilliant. If you find you struggle with that much, um, I get people to do broccoli sprouting and actually sprout their broccoli because that's 200 times the amount of broccoli that one portion could be. So yeah, broccoli sprouts. And you just you sprout them, you buy the seeds, sprout them in a jar, and you can buy broccoli sprouts from sort of health food shops. Mm. Um, we veg box delivery, and I know that um, they do broccoli sprouts on the veg box delivery. Sprinkle those in your salad, and um, they would be brilliant for you. Yeah, just helping you get rid of that, um, get rid of the estrogen. 
Um, alcohol seems to be a real problem, I'm afraid, sorry, women in their 40s. We just can't tolerate it nearly as much as we could in our 20s, and that's really common. Interesting. Uh, just some, our tolerance goes down, we just don't sleep as well, it causes massive sleep problems in a lot of people. You're more likely to get your night sweats if you drink. Mm. Uh, so alcohol, unfortunately, becomes just almost a no-no. And I, mm. I find clients that literally just can't drink any alcohol anymore. Mm. Um, for me, it really affects. Just one glass of wine at night can affect my sleep. Um, so yeah, um, coffee also seems to be a problem. I've seen a lot I was of coffee. A lot of people yeah. can't tolerate coffee nearly as much as we could do. Mm. And actually, because it just causes a stress on your body, um, you know, your cortisol just goes up too much. Um, sleep becomes really important so people you know it's all like oh yeah I've survived five hours sleep you know in your 20s you can't do that in your 40s you have to get really good sleep and a good sleep hygiene is really important um, I think we I've, I've got clients that they go to, to go to bed they might go up to bed early but they take their phone or their iPad up to bed with them and they, 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 they'll do an hour of scrolling on their you know through a phone and I think that's really bad the blue light um, which is, you know, I'm sure you, you're hearing a lot more about the blue light map. It's really disruptive to our circadian rhythm and stops us getting a really good night's sleep. Mm. Uh, but it's really important. So I, I try and get my clients to leave their phones downstairs so they're not in their bedrooms at all. Um, I think that's really disruptive for phones. Um, what else do I think? Eating three meals a day, actually. No snack. I don't think you need to snack. But eating three good meals a day, make sure you've got a good mix of, you know, protein and fat in every meal. Um, and I think, yeah, we less, you don't need to sort of snack so much. Um, you know, it, it, if you're looking to lose weight, then ditch the snacks in between the meals and just have the three meals a day. And I think that's adequate. Um, and I think especially breakfast becomes important. Um, I always, I, I eat early in the evening. I try to, I feel better if I eat earlier in the evening. Um, you know, by seven o'clock, and then I don't eat anything until um, you know breakfast, which could be sort of sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's nine o'clock. So I kind of fasted overnight. But I think if you if you do excessive fasting as you get older, it doesn't work. I think it worked brilliantly in your twenties, thirties of intermittent fasting. But for women, I don't. I think it's an extra stress on our body that we don't need. Mm. So, like you said, it's it's it's, it's awareness of of trying to build a, a balanced plate of food, looking at a, a good protein source each main meal to you know boost satiety. What you've also said is around that Mediterranean approach to, to fats. So, you know, the olive oils, the nuts and seeds, the oily fish, it's the avocados, it's it's trying to find things that 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 you like, but then also bringing that variety too. Because we understand there's going to be other things, bit biscuits, cakes, all that kind of stuff, and and yeah, saturated fat, trans fats, all those kind of things have taken a bad rap. But what can you include on the other side of the fat spectrum? That's really really positive. And yeah, the vegetables that grow above the ground. If people are taking a little bit more time to to source them and store them and and consume them, as you said, water and fiber go a long way to to just basically help with normal digestion. So I suppose to to round off the show, we've had so many interesting nuggets and things from you guys. But on a practical standpoint, I think it'd be nice to to hear how you how you organize. I know we found a little bit out about how you get in the diary or your training sessions. But, you know, when it comes to food and, and, and the rest of kind of uh, exercise and, and, and that environment, how, how do you organise things? Like if I quickly say, you know, I'll do a food order uh, bi-weekly 
and we'll um, and we'll get a lot delivered because it just works really well and we can take time together to go through things and then it's in and then we'll get certain top ups i might eat more of, of a certain type of animal protein than girlfriends and then she might be eat more of a different kind of food and we'll we'll chop and change but i think how, how do you how do you guys get these things in the house and have you got any practical tips if we move away from the actual types of foods and types of exercise how someone can organize their you know the month of march or whatever if you just want to take that being organized is the biggest thing actually is, is writing a list i um we did a blog post recently on actually saying how, what to have in your kitchen um, on a on an everyday basis, um, and they were things like you know your extra virgin olive oil, your tins of beans, um, your dried beans. Uh, we have rices, different types. Um, yeah, just how, what to put in our, our fridges. Um, so we did a big long sort of almost like a shopping list of things essential. Um, I usually have two of everything, so if something's finished, it's then put on the list so I know to order that again, so that I've always got one in standby, so everything, I've got two of everything. Um, yeah, and it goes on the list. Um, we get a weekly vegetable box delivered to us, so our vegetables are organic, um, and they're delivered to our door, don't even have to go out and shop for them. Mm. Uh, so that's, I think that really helps, um, so you've always got vegetables on standby. Um yeah, I mean, we, we, we're, quite, we're quite keen on just making a few essentials every week. So we've also written a blog post on um, the things that we make on a weekly basis. So they cool. might be, we might make one um, really good nut-free snack for children to take into school. So we'll do that on a Sunday so they've got enough to take into school. They could be just simple, like, you know, a seed and date bar. Mm. Uh, we've got loads of those on our website, which we, we you know we're passionate about getting our kids to reach for those kind of snacks, which they do, you know, children do need that snack at the, you know, the morning break um, because they are young and they're running around. So I think they need to snack more than we do. Um, so yes, they have they have those to take in rather than a, I don't know what other people take in, you know, a, a processed one that you might find on, on the shelves. It's quite a, a big market for children's snacks at the moment. Yeah. Um, so we make our own. We make a good batch of tomato and vegetable sauce. So we've got that, you know, in our, our freezers or in our fridge. Uh, we make stock every week, um, you know, for chicken. chicken make stock. a good batch of uh, homemade granola mm. on a Sunday. Makes the, the house smell really lovely as well. Yeah. Uh, it usually disappears quite quickly, but you can change it every week as well. You know, different nuts bringing mm. you different, you know, different nutrients and, mm. uh, you know, put some fruits in there if you want. Um, and I think it's a mix of planning and organizing, but I like to have, you know, a couple of, you know, days or nights where I quite like the, let's look at what's in the fridge and come up with something as well. Yeah. You know, you've got those good essential ingredients in your fridge and in your cupboard, uh, you know that you can always come up with a bit of a last minute um, or eggs. I mean, in my house, you know, if it's been a, a, a day rushed off my feet and, you know, need to pick the kids up, um, what I do is I go, tonight it's eggs, there's always vegetables and etc. Um, and I get the kids to make their own. So whether they want an omelette or scrambled or mm. get them involved and give them the, you know, colourful ingredient to go with it, you know, a few tomatoes, chopped peppers, spinach, whatever is there, um, and then they make their own meal. And, 
you know, gives me a little bit of a break and uh, teaches them how to do at least one thing for themselves. Yeah, which is very important actually, getting yeah. kids in the kitchen. And these, they will make a mess. Mm. Um, but I, my daughter now knows that if she doesn't clear up, she doesn't get to go in my kitchen again. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it's important that they, they learn how to cook. I think that's what I think that's half of our problem is we have a whole generation of, of people that actually weren't taught to cook in schools and I think that's probably the missing link um, and I think every child should be taught to cook mm. um, by their parent or by a school because if you learn to cook with real ingredients rather than just reaching for your ready-made meal and putting it in the microwave you're going to feel much healthier and much better. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll link to both of those blog posts in the show notes so anyone listening to this. Uh, you can dive into that and, and there'll be the website on there and then also the the what what you have in your kitchen and fridge. I think they're really good resources. So yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been yeah, it's been interesting to to reflect on um certain aspects of female health that I haven't really, you know, gone into too much. But I think um we you know, I'd love to get you back on and and have, you know, more direct conversations maybe on a certain type of exercise that you're doing or like you said there, if you are listing different symptoms and and, and you're eating in a certain way, how 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 that can change things. But I think from a from a kind of yeah, introduction point of view to, to you guys and your principles and your methods and your story, it's uh yeah, it's been really good. Thanks very much. Yeah, it was good fun. It was our first podcast, so thank you for having us. Yeah, absolute naturals. And I think if uh, is there anything you'd like to say to to everyone before before we head off? Well, you know, we're hoping that you know we're helping you know people out there, not just you know um, around us locally. That mm. um, you know that people enjoy what we uh, talk about. We try to be quite real and sharing you know our real you know everyday or weekly you know, whether it's a, a struggle or positives or, you know, just trying to be normal women juggling like everyone else, you know, jobs and, you know, families and, mm. uh, but just, just showing that you can, you know, you can still improve your health even when you're busy, really. Just yeah. make that little bit of time, uh, take that little bit of time for yourself as well as, as women, uh, whether it's uh, closing the door to have a bath with a podcast actually which is what i love doing uh just take that little bit of time and don't don't think you're being selfish because it will help everyone in your house if you do that every now and again cool no that's really good that's really good and i'll i'll link to the instagram as well and follow the workout on the friday everyone if you're listening to this if that's something you're interested in and yeah if you're new to the show please subscribe and share this with someone if you think it's going to be valuable to them um i'm over eight thousand listens as well and over 50 shows now and it's really really good fun and um thanks everyone for listening and we'll speak to you soon